Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Well, good morning, Real Presence Radio Land. This is Real Presence Live for Friday, and I am your host, Jack Pinelli, along with my wife, Doreen. Good morning. <laughs> yes. And we're happy to be with you today, and we're also Happy that the weather seems to be warming up, at least in Fargo. I don't know that I can speak for the entire listening area, but uh, uh, the weather seems to be uh, looking up a little bit for us for the weekend. And uh, it's a bright, sunny day here, looking out the window of the studio. And uh, we're looking forward to a, a, a real good program this morning. we got a lot of interesting guests, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, a nice variety. Sure, and let's start with a prayer. All right. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, we now have a technical director preview. Gregory, yeah, are you ready me. for that? I am ready for that. <laughs> so coming up this uh, this morning on the show, we'll be talking to Dr. James Link about how women can come to understand their, their true identity in a world that has its own perceptions of what being a woman means. And then we'll be talking with Jason Adkins uh, it's been a week since the Minnesota legislature uh, gaveled in for the 2020 session, so we'll see what's been happening and what we can expect for the next week here. And we'll talk with Diane Huck to see how you can protect mothers and children by joining a worldwide mobilization to pray and fast for an end to abortion. We'll get all the details on this and much more coming up this morning. Okay, great. Thanks, Gregory. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the the Minnesota legislative update because it seems like, uh, you know, in this day and age with the uh, the culture kind of uh, where it is and the church kind of being culture cultural, I'll be curious to see if there's anything cooking in in Minnesota that the uh, the uh, Catholic conference will be having to uh, address, you know, in order to uh, you know protect our religious liberty or, 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 you know, protect the rights of the unborn. I'm sure it'll be a, an informative, uh, informative sec- segment of the, of the program. I'm looking forward to that. Great. And, the, and I'm sure Doreen is too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Okay. Now our, well, we still have a few more minutes before our first guest is on, but, uh, I'm, uh, I, I think that the uh, I was reading today. I was just looking at a, uh, and this is kind of an encouraging thing. I, there was a, a flyer out in the uh, in the, uh, in the in the waiting area here at the studio about a uh, a priory, a monastic priory in the east of Ireland, and uh, they've got they're they're booming in their vocations, and these are men going into a cloistered situation, and it's kind of neat to see this sort of thing that. Uh, 
you know, these kind of vocations are seem to be uh, coming back in a, in a sense. And I think in terms of the, uh, uh, there's also another monastery in Oklahoma, the uh, Clear Creek Abbey. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like there's sort of a resurgence of uh, monastic life of sorts going on out there, you know, very quietly. Right. It's interesting if we look at our church history, how often God uses those called into the monastic life or the religious life to renew the church. And we're certainly at a point in history where the church is in need of renewal. Certainly, at least within the Western world, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's and it's really important. And it's interesting to think that we've got these uh, men and women in these uh, cloistered monasteries that are praying for us. Yep, they're like the great unseen foundation of the great cathedrals. They support the whole cathedral and... We don't even see it. <laughs> right, yes. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's a comfort to think and to know that they're out there. And uh, uh, what I think is interesting, every time I have visited, like uh, I've had occasion to go to the Carmelite Monastery uh, by Lake Elmo, uh, by De Montreville, the retreat center. And I've been to a few others as well. And the joy that those the, 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 the nuns uh, uh, exude when you just talk to them you know, through the great... Uh, they just you, you can just feel it, and you can just feel a, a joy and a happiness. And it's, it's really interesting because it certainly takes away kind of the, the somber uh, type of uh, impression that we might have of a cloistered monastery. So I think it's about time that we get on with our first guest, Gregory. Okay, and uh, our first guest is... Uh, well, Doreen, why don't you introduce Dr. Right. Link? I'm sorry, I'm getting <laughs> off my notes here. Our first guest is Dr. James Link, and Dr. James Link is a clinical psychologist from Bismarck, North Dakota, and um, we welcome him and are excited to hear what he has um, to share with us about um, how women can come to understand their true identity in a world that has its own perceptions of what being a woman means. Um, that's what we'll dive into as uh, we visit with Dr. James Link this this morning um, on Real Presence Live. And, and Dr. Dr. Link, Link, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. Good morning. Very good. You were so quiet. Yeah, we, we, were some, we were getting some real dead air there for yes. a second. <laughs> Before we get started, I just I just have to give you kind of an offhanded compliment. Our youngest son who happens to live in Bismarck and isn't easily impressed by speakers heard you recently and was blown away. So we're excited that oh, good. you're coming to Fargo too. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Well, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, so the topic of the morning is identity. Um, and what is true identity? Sure. Well, I think when we, when we you know, as a psychologist, uh, when we you know, we talk about identity, it really can come down to what I would say is more of a of a perception of ourselves, right? Like a lot of times, people would say, "Well, my identity is is as a psychologist, or as an athlete, or as a father, or as a mother, or whatever." And, and that's part of it. But I think the real important thing as people of faith is understanding that our true identity, what I would say, is that our our objective identity is as a beloved son or daughter of God. And that's something that is really difficult, I think, for a lot of people to um, to, to not only remember, but to really, in, in, you know, internalize and to experience at a deep spiritual, psychological level that 
that truly is our identity, that all the other things that, that we may do in life or that we may feel in life or that may happen to us is kind of just external stuff compared to our, our eternal identity as, as being in a relationship with God. And, and so I think that's vitally important uh, when we talk about identity, particularly in the world that we live in today. So what you're saying is, what I'm hearing is our identity really has a lot more to do with the essence of who we are rather than right. what we do. Um, Correct. So if you could talk a little bit about what, you know, how you see the world impacting the perceptions of what it means to be a woman in particular in our um, current culture? Sure. Well, it, you know, in my, in my uh, practice here in Bismarck, I, I work a lot with women. I'm, I'm married. Uh, I have a mom. I have sisters. I have friends called women. So, you know, in, in hearing some of the things that, that they struggle with and that they've shared with me, I think a big one in the world today is, is just this sense of oftentimes um, comparison, right? I, I, I talk about how oftentimes we fall into a comparison trap. And so our identity is based upon what we see. And I think the rise of social media, Facebook, technology, it provides us with, with a really fast opportunity, a quick opportunity to kind of compare ourselves to others, to see kind of this unrealistic perception of what other people's identity is. And it often leads, I think, a lot of people, women, uh, to feel as though they're less than, but they're not meeting up, they're, they're, not, they're not kind of living up to what other people are doing, and so it leads to, to feelings of shame, to uh, the feelings of regret. Uh, oftentimes, I think for women who are trying to balance many different roles in their life, you know, whether they're married or single or in a convent, um, when I work with women who are clergy, uh, you know, in, in a convent, I think there's oftentimes a feeling of not being able to... Uh, to, to, to kind of fulfill all the roles that oftentimes are being asked of them. So I think that's a big one. Another one would be being objectified, being traumatized. I think oftentimes the nature of, of being feminine means that oftentimes taken advantage of. And so all those things that kind of women would, would think about themselves and feel about themselves are oftentimes kind of nurtured within the culture that we live in currently. So what kind of practical advice would, do you give women? And it's interesting that even women in religious life struggle with this. Mm. Um, what practical advice can you give to us to help us, um, you know, avoid falling into that trap of that, you know, comparison and, and the, mm -hmm. where that leads? Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, as a psychologist, I, I do a lot with, with thoughts and feelings and emotions. And I really try to help people to see, to become very self-aware about particular thoughts and feelings that they're having, and, and the ones that are deceptive, right? I mean, there's certain thoughts and feelings that we have that are coming from the Lord that lead us to experience gratitude and peace and joy. And there's a lot of perceptions and feelings and thoughts that we have from our own psychological makeup, from our past, from, from experiences that we've had, or from the evil ones that really make us feel less than, discourage us, uh, make us feel shamed, and really being aware of that and not, not consenting to those, right? Not, not buying into those lies that we often experience in our life. Because I think when people buy into that, when they give energy and focus on those perceptions, those feelings, those memories, those things that they hear, when you focus on that, when you dwell on that, when you ruminate on that, it has a huge impact upon your identity, upon your self-confidence, and it really takes you away from what I call the anchor of being a beloved daughter of God, right? And it moves you away from that place of gratitude, that place of rest. 
So are there, so in order to become aware of, of those voices, as you say, um, are there things that we can do to help us become aware of maybe the source of those voices or, um, mm. you know, anyway, I'll just let you talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think just as a whole, as human beings who live in the world that we do, uh, we're more prone toward the negative thoughts, Oops. the negative perceptions, the stress, the worry, the anxiety. Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? And I think with all the roles that, that women play, uh, they're, they're, they're prone to that. And so I think, you know, being, being aware is the number one thing, is being very aware of, of that, understanding maybe where they come from, right? Is, mm-hmm. is it because of past experiences that I've had? Is it because of how... I've, I've experienced things in relationships, in my family of origin, in my own walk with the Lord. You know, I think being able to kind of put that into context can be very helpful because we have to be able to reject some of those thoughts and feelings and desires and perceptions that we know are, is not going to bear good fruit in our life and it's going to take us away from that true identity. And that, that, that's not easy things to do. I mean, that, that, that takes a lot of awareness. So... Can you give an example of what it, what you know the inner voice would sound like if it was coming from God versus an inner voice that might sound like it's the um, kind of the the influence of past negative experiences or maybe even the evil one? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a, a, one that I, that uh, a lot of people that I work with would would be able to identify. Whenever, whenever we fall into the, the this thought or these voices or these perceptions of self condemnation, uh, being critical of self, uh, discouragement, shame, you know, right away, those are never coming from the Lord. Those are always coming from our own stuff, our own, you know, perfectionism, our own sense of shame. All that stuff is gonna is gonna bring those voices to the forefront. The voice, I believe, of the Lord, of our of God may at times convict us of what we need to change, but it's always done in a very peaceful, loving way that doesn't discourage us, that doesn't cause us to be ashamed, and certainly doesn't lead to a spirit of self-condemnation. I, I think self-condemnation is by far and away one of the big ones that I see a lot of women struggle with, feeling not adequate, blaming themselves, never feeling quite good enough. Right. And, and the, I love how you said... the. You know, when we're hearing God's voice in us, it is—it's—it might be correcting us, but right, but always gentle and supportive of who we are. Right, and I use this—you know—the the sense of compassion. Oh, mm-hmm. it's really important for for us to be a bit more compassionate with ourselves around just being alive and living life. And life is difficult, and I think the Lord wants to to work in our life through through compassion and through gentleness, even when He is convicting us and asking us. But, but we're, we're really not compassionate enough with ourselves, particularly when, around some of these things that we struggle with. So, Okay, well, we're, we're coming up on a break uh, in, in just a few seconds, but uh, I want all of our listeners to stay with us, because up next we can, we'll be continuing our discussion with uh, Dr. Lank on a, a woman's true identity. And after the break... We'll dive into how women can come to understand their true identity and dismiss what the world has to offer on this front.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 